When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to She Podcast, episode 291. This is your announcer, MC, and host, and co-founder, Jessica A. Kupferman. And with me, as always, is our spiritual leader, co-founder, co-host, and mom of the She Podcasters, Elsie what the hell i know your name i know you have a middle name but is it lc l escobar yes i i didn't i was like lc l escobar yeah i was wondering cause i don't know your middle name jess i don't mine know you name. don't it's ann no. isn't it ann yeah i knew that ann it's, it's ann, ann? A- no a-n-n-e jessica <gasps> ann carpel like May May. she have a-n-n-e also May. yes yes oh that's nice may ann that's my may ann yeah, and she was named after her grandma. I don't know who I was named after. I think my mom just liked the way it sounded with Jessica. I was named after my grandfather, Joe, who passed away before when my dad was 16. Jessica A. Kupferman, LCL Escobar, and John. Wait, don't tell me. I have no idea. What's your middle name, John? It starts, it <laughs> starts with an A. Wait, is it L? No. It's an A. Aaron. Alexander. Adam. Ooh, Alexander. Alexander. And John a- Alexander Jamingo. Wow, that's a... <laughs> That's a great name. Jamingo. It is. John Jamingo. John Alexander Jamingo. Jadge. I told you I about like my it. daughter. La, la. My daughter asked me, she goes, why does everybody call you John Jamingo? And I said, well, you can be Jessica Jamingo if she wants. She goes, no, I don't. I don't at all. She's like, no, She's thank you. Like, yeah, I'm no. all set. She's probably all set for the, no way. for the Jamingo. But I mean, you know, it is funny. I like it. I think it's funny. This has been such a weird, for me anyway, a very strange weekend. It's the longest one of my life, maybe, because it was Isaac's birthday on Friday. And then we had a party for him. And like Scott started planning this party like just a couple days beforehand. But like what he wanted to do. So we had, so the guys, the friends who we went to the beach with are friends, Matt and Megan, and they have kids, Marco and Ben. Ben and Isaac have been best friends for a while. They do karate together and they were in school together. So we just invited them over to have a party because you can't really do much. So like Scott decided he wanted to give the kids each a a secret identity. So he bought them like costumes and had them come here via Amazon. Then he bought them backpacks and filled them up with like candy and toys and stuff for them to do. And then he bought hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stickers, but not like Lisa Frank, like the little stickers, but like big, like skateboard stickers that you would put on a skateboard. And he dumped them all out on the table and made us all do like a trading game. He just, and I was like, you've lost your fucking mind. You've lost your mind. What is this? Then he ordered Mexican catering. So like normally you just order takeout whenever he had trays of shrimp and chicken and steak and like trays of tortillas and i was like who is this for it's only eight people
pole. Like, what are you doing? Oh my god! But it was delicious. He did a great job, I thought. But um, it was exhausting. Cleaning it up was exhausting. Running around trying to make sure everything was done is exhausting. And then you know that was Friday. So then we had Saturday and Sunday to not recover because Saturday is his sister's birthday. So we went out oh. to dinner. On, I know. So we went out to dinner Saturday, and then yesterday he was home all day, driving us out of our minds. Because I don't think he felt well because we kept asking him to go outside and play and he was not into it. And now today he's home because my mom woke up with a sore throat. Oh, So I'm not sending him to school if someone in this house has COVID because apparently there's been one case at the school, a first grader. And so they quarantined the first grade. And then we found out yesterday that that, that teacher also has COVID. Oh, so now no. they've... So they've still, they're still quarantined. So, so the kindergarten can still go, but like, I'd rather keep him home one day and wait for Meryl to have to be cleared than to send him in and then find out in a week that everyone that he's hugged has COVID. So he's home today. So that's four days in a row. He didn't have school Friday. So it's four days in a row of Isaac Edward Kupferman just up in our grill. Oh, and Nathan is here today as well. Nathan came to visit and brought him an archery set. So they've been outside shooting arrows at archery. Not real ones, but you know, like they're basically arrows with like a suction cup at the end. There's just when there's a lot of people here and a lot of stuff going on, like it drain it slowly drains me out like a vampire. I'm just like what you're seeing is me being slowly drained as if someone hungry is feeding on me. That's what that's what I feel like. What about you guys? What did you guys do this weekend? Oh, and then there was the election results on Friday, which I almost forgot Wait. about and right. talking about my own stuff. So that was exhausting as well. Just like that whole build up last week and then the and then the decision and then if the decision is real and then also because it's here, here. Oh, that's right. You have here. the extra bonus. There's here. extra fanfare around being here there's like people that are that i know that are going and trying to meet up down at the riverfront and there's like wait, wait, you know traffic you that, jams tell everybody i don't think people know where why you say here i mean there's oh. some people who know this but so explain that joe joe the biden's live in wilmington delaware but they actually live in a tiny subsidiary of, of wilmington called greenville and greenville is right down the street here so there's like my road leads to like a little bit more of a wooded part of Wilmington and it's like a little bit more remote and there are, I mean, I don't live in the mansion houses, but they're like right down the street and there's a huge park where people can hike and stuff, which is where that phone call came from. Kamala, Kamala, that was from the park that I got lost in when I went hiking that one time and couldn't find my way out. Now to get an Uber to come pick me up a mile from my car. There's all this like traffic jammery and talking about being a blue hen and then you know i have all this comment on my wall about like other people that are getting to ud and like it's just been crazy and then this morning i woke up to the headline that kamala harris and her family ate at crazy cats which is where i think you can walk there from here like you can walk there it's crazy it is it is like i mean it's crazy but it's like it affects me in no other way other than it's crazy (laughs) like i like my life has not been changed in one iota of way yet i'm sure that if he is the president for the next four years i'll have lots of inconveniences but for now it's like it's fine 
Nine life hasn't changed either. All weekend, all I did was edit podcasts. So nothing has changed. You know what? I, I was just thinking of, because I think what one of the most exhausting things is like the unfinished business. Yeah. Like things I wish are it like, was just done. It's like unfinished business. And I'm not even talking about it from the perspective of the political realm, but how, because I, I started to think about this. And I'm like, this is exhausting. And then I thought, I mean, even after all of that, there's just a, a level of exhaustion now that it's just, I, I can't even quantify it. But there are some things that if they, if you don't like close the loop, they just keep leaking out. It's sort of like if you have a little like hole in a tire, it just keeps on leaking out. And then all of a sudden you're like destroyed. It's like, like a small example would be this. So I remember when I told you, Jess, that I was running out of batteries for these, for my, yes. my beautiful bows. And then yes. because the reason I said that is because underneath it, there are two little tiny holes at the bottom yeah. of the microphone that have two little lights and one of them, and it turns on, right? When it's like charging. Well, what ended up happening with my headphones is every time that I took off the charging thing, there was another little light that was showing up and it was red. Where? And so I was like, what is happening? So there's two little places and then the little thing would turn red. It was another light, not the charging light. So that's when I started to do research. I was, th I was thinking, oh my gosh, my headphones are becoming, they're losing their battery life. I want to make sure that I can replace it. And that's when I found out that Bose does not replace batteries for their very expensive headphones. And essentially, if you ask them to do that, they will say, oh, you can buy the next pair for cheaper, like a new pair, essentially. You can just get a discount on a new pair. That's how they take care of it because they cannot do it. So I found a company that does repairs and they repair the battery for $65. And I emailed them and I said, oh my gosh, you guys are a lifesaver. I so, I'm going to get this done, blah, blah, blah. And I was not, oh, Randy wasn't here when this happened. So I couldn't go mail it off because I needed a box and I needed to buy all kinds of stuff. I said, I will get it to you next week. And then, of course, I didn't. And then the light went off, meaning I didn't have that little red light. I don't know what that little red light was. It just disappeared. So, and I'm still That's using so them. weird. So my whole story now is to tell you that every time I look at my headphones, I remember I told this guy that I was going to email, that I was going to send my headphones to them to get fixed next week. And I have not. And I know that that's not a big deal. But I want to close a loop on that because every time I see my headphones, I go, oh, I forgot to tell that guy. Yeah. And that is exhausting because when you I, all I need to do is say, hey, dude, I love what you guys are doing. The minute I run out of batteries, I will send it to you. I'm sorry, but it seems like I'm, I still have some juice left. Thank you so much. High five. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's all I need to say, but I can't close a loop. And I think that we have so many open loops that it becomes very exhausting to have to constantly be reminded that that issue has not been addressed yet. And this is just one instance, but I don't know about you all, but I have a huge list of things that are in the in movement that have not been addressed, that have not finished the loop. I mean, like, I feel like my whole time. life is kind of like that on some level. Like, every room of my house is like that. I can't close the loop on <laughs> right? anything. 
And this is what I'm, and I think that that is energetically exhausting for all of us. It is. You know who annoys me is the loop closers. The ones that close all the loops. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And they're just, all my loops are closed. I don't understand what else he's talking about. My loops are closed. Are your loops closed? Mine? Hell no. What? I don't understand. He's saying he doesn't like when people have all their shit together. Yeah, they have all the things. They would have sent the email or they they would have said, oh, I'm sorry. The the loop closers. He resents those people. Yes. I really wish I had one of those people. I need just an extra human to just close all the loops. You need a loop closer. Yeah. I need a loop closer in my life that is constantly closing the loops. Is it all relationship and digital or do you have physical things that you've not closed as well? Like... Have you ever halfway cleaned out a drawer and then you get yeah, sidetracked? Oh or- I literally, okay, I can even show you here. Oh, why not? I will show you. This is what Randy was talking about when he sent, sent you a message. Okay, you see the books on the ground there? Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, those books right there, they need to go on a shelf. And I, they needed to go on a shelf two weeks ago. They're still there. Do you have a shelf? And- I do have a shelf, but I have to organize the shelf to put those books in it because I Who can't just shove. Who has time for that? Who has time for Who that? Who has exactly. time for that? And unlike and me. guess where like- all those books, that whole pile of books, it was May, had shoved them all on the side of my bed. So I was making the bed and I'm, and I'm like straightening things out. And then I started to take out 50 books that she had shoved on the side of my bed and under the bed. So I'm like, oh my god! Oops, my whole so. office just looks like a truck hit it, and and I mean, it didn't look like that before. I had to move it back down. Like I had unpacked it fully when it was upstairs, but then it came back down here, and it's like, well, what's the point now? I mean, we're just gonna probably move it again at some point. It's just silly. Um, so yeah, but now every every room of my house sort of looks like a truck hit it because of all the stuff we have. We just have to get rid of so many things, so many many. Many, 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 many things. So many things. And um, I can always hire someone to come over. Like we have that service handy. It's an app. And you can hire someone to do all kinds of different odd jobs for you. Like come hang a picture. Come do my laundry. Come grocery shop for me. Come help me paint my walls. Is that only for Delaware? No, it's not. But But nobody's going to come over in my house. Who's going to go to your Yeah. You can download it, but like, but like, it will, will it say it's, I mean, does DoorDash say that you, no, it's available to you in There's this a area? couple times I open it, they're like, no service to your area. Right. I always test it. I always test So there's Handy, there's Thumbtack, there's a couple different ones that you can, that you, aka me, that I can do. Um, but even that is a chore, finding someone to do it and actually making a list of it. Everything that needs to be done, I mean, it's it's all overwhelming. Why are we talking about this? It's depressing. Just well. because of the clothes, the energy suck. This is what I'm saying. So yes. I really don't think that it's, I think it really is the cumulative effect of all of that. That is, it's really just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so even though, even though it might be a small little thing that, like, well, I'm saying small little thing, even though it wasn't a small little thing, Jess, but with the party with Isaac and all the things, right? Even though that in itself was okay, it was a little big, but it wasn't like, oh, it was eight people, right? Yeah. But I think that 
because of the cumulative, non unfinished loops, if you will, it feels so heavy because this is what irks me. And hence, we had that conversation yesterday is that I'm trying to close loops all the time. I'm like, okay, I have time now to take care of these three things. And if, and, and I have enough time to close this, these loops. And if I can't do it in that frame of time, I can't close loops. Like there's more crap that I need to deal with. Next this is time. why my email is always piling up because those are all unclosed loops and then they just get. Right. Yes. And then you deal with the new ones. Right. And that's what tends to happen with me, too. It's like I'm like, oh, I have to deal with that. Oh, I have to go. Ooh, I get yeah, yeah. I'll do that in two hours. And then you get three new ones. You know, it's funny. I think that the title of this episode has to be Close the Loops. Close the lo- Hey, we, it's fixed, Jessica. Thank you. Let's, we always have a problem. Not a problem. We don't have a problem naming things. We have a problem naming things when we're supposed to close the loop. Yes, that's a that's a loop close that we can't seem to master as well. Yeah. You know, when I so hum that song, the loop. Thanks, I don't know John. where you came up with that song, but when I hum that song in my head, I always pretend I'm drunk. <laughs> So like, so like, I've never that song "Crazy" by Patty. What's her name? Patsy, Patsy Klein. Patsy Klein. That's right, Patsy Klein. I knew that. I hit it right when you hit it. But like, it, she has such a beautiful, simple voice. But in my head, it's always like crazy, <laughs> crazy for feeling so lonely. It sounds like the kind of song that needs to be sung by someone very, very drunk. Have you watched a Dolly Parton documentary on Netflix yet? You have no. to. No, but I'm sure. Is it amazing? I it's love amazing. I do too. I love her. She's so cool. She's the coolest. Coolest chick ever. All right. Any anyway, loser. should we close this loop and move forward? Sure. With our I just want to say this. Because- I would like to close all the loops by taking off the last two months of the year. Is that possible? Ooh, that would be fantastic. If you and I could figure out a way to do that, then we will have made our lives complete. Yeah, that would be great. Maybe that could be a goal for 2022. Okay. That means that we need to be done by, I would say, October. Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. Yep. By by Isaac's birthday. Yeah. By I mean, Isaac's after Isaac's birth- birthday, that's great. I feel like I just want to focus on like the holidays, getting my life together, planning for next year, getting my house in order. I don't want to, because I also feel like, what can I start now? And, you know, like mid-November. It's like that Jewish what? 10 for two. You work 10 months for two months off. 10 for two. Yeah. But I want these 10 months to be the 10 months. Right. Because I would appreciate an end of year refresh so that I can be ready for January. Come out. Guns blazing. Guns a blazing. <laughs> anyway, shall we continue anyway, yes. on uh, the next? Let's finally talk about something of value. Okay. The news? Not the news. We're going to do a little bit of feedback before we get to you the news. So, so we are going to give a shout out to uh, the Walk podcasters, the Women of Color podcasters who published a lovely post on their blog. And they gave us a shout out for the uh, four podcast Facebook groups for women to join. And we were featured in it. So thanks. Shout out to the team at Walk Podcasters. Danielle, you are amazing. I love you so much. And um, I'm still getting used to her name today. I had somebody reach out to me. And they were like, Danielle Corbett told me about you. And I was like, who's that? (laughs) 
because she got married. And so I'm not used to her new last name. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I was like, oh, okay. It just took me like a long time for, to make that this happen. So anyway, shout out. Thank you so much, love, for your support. And there will be a link in the show notes. And if y'all uh, uh, love to f- to read and use feed readers to read your blogs, this would be one for you to subscribe to because they have some great content. And now we have a little bit of feedback, I believe from episode 288. Oh, yes, 288, episode 288, when we talked about the fact that when an S matters, where we kind of went off a little bit or I brought to the table the conversation around podcasts in color and podcast in color and she podcasts with an (laughs) S and how that sometimes starts to mess things up when people don't pay attention and also people not doing due diligence with their stuff. And so, Jessica, Mm -hmm. we had the guy that um, did the virtual, virtual event. Yes. Um, would but you were like we to... even talking about him? Yes, we were. This is the dude. This is oh, the guy right. who did, who launched the virtual conference called Podcast in Color. So would you like to read what he emailed us, what he sent us on the email? Yes, I will do exactly that. Hey there, Love She Podcast. I wanted to reach out to hopefully add a little context to the name issue. In my haste... To get things going with the summit, I did not do my due diligence and name the virtual summit something that caused a big issue and confusion with Barry's org. I refunded any money that was requested by anyone who purchased tickets and wanted a refund. It was totally my mistake and I take full responsibility for it. I did change the name as soon as it became an issue and I apologize personally via email and on social to Barry. I didn't have any malintention, just a boneheaded mistake. I hope the podcast guys will forgive me. Best regards, Elsie. Honestly, the, the, all of this confused me because of the Elsie, because of the... I know, right? It, it all LZ confused me. That's C- why I, Z instead that's of why I thought it. I thought he. I thought this person was talking about something that we did not discuss because uh. I remember discussing our show and I remember discussing the other show, another show where the... See, in during QA, I had a, a deep discussion about this with... Um, Someone else was having this problem where somebody had named their show almost the identical thing to their show, but their thing was brand new. And I was talking to them about, yeah, and I was talking to them about She Podcasts, the She Podcast, you know, or whatever the other show was. Um, And so that's why I think it all jumbled up in my head. So, yeah, so that's their feedback. And I mean, you know, do the podcast gods forgive? I think so. I mean, he took care of it. He reached out directly. He didn't, you know, I think that part of the problem here is... Um, that people aren't doing their due diligence. And that said, though, Elsie, um, the mayor, high five to you because you actually, number one, he listened to the feedback, right? Mm-hmm. He took it seriously. Mm-hmm. He respected Barry. He respected existing entities. And he gave kudos, I think, to a lot of us who, I mean, meaning he acknowledged that independent podcasters are, in fact, worth respecting, right? Because I think that Mm -hmm. there's an issue out there where it's like, eh, like if 
public media folks start things and they have, and then that's been a thing where they start a show that has the same name as another show, but because it's an independent show or like a smaller show, it doesn't really matter. It's like they will get the, um, you know, trademark. They will do all the work for it or, oh, might as well not pay attention to these folks over here on this side. And I just appreciate that he took the initiative and he reached out to us, which also means that he listened to the show. So yeah, which is nice. Or someone told him we're chatting about him. Right. And whether or not he, whether or not you're a listener, LC, LZ, I don't even know if I'm (laughs) saying it right. It's okay if somebody told him, hey, they were talking about you. It's fine because then he did actually listen. And I think that that's something people need to do as well. When people are having discussions on a show and somebody tells you, hey, check this out, you should probably engage. This is a wonderful thing. So thank you so much. High five. Thank you for giving us context. Thanks for taking responsibility for it. And then this is a really great uh, example of how to deal when there's backlash on the stuff that you do. Just apologize and change the name or apologize and right. move, move on. And But acknowledge what has been there before in a respectful right. manner. So anyway, and speaking of Jessica Kufferman, you got some <laughs> feedback. Look at go. that. You got a tweet. I got a tweet from Fit Fizz. Jess, I'm so sorry I didn't tweet directly at you two. Please don't hate me. Just heard you ladies mention my tweet from last week on the Masters episode. What a surprise, by the way. I'm also a crier, but just I love your opinions and your... Oh, you don't have to do that. I said it was... I was joking. You don't have to... Thank you. That's very nice, Kelly. But were you? You know, my ego may be fragile, but I press on. As Crystal. (laughs) My ego is actually the opposite. I mean, you have to admit, I do not have a fragile ego. I do not care if Elsie gets all the praise. In fact, I would shove her out in front of me any day if it meant I didn't have to be public facing as much as her. Just here you go. But well, I mean, I know, you know, we all have very fine quality. What the fuck is that noise? It was a lightning strike for lying. <laughs> oh, it did not sound like a lightning strike. That sounded like some you should kind of try weird. to find. You should try to find that like slide whistle, like so that it can sound like Pinocchio's nose is growing, like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, (laughs) that would be funny. Oh my god! But yeah, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. (laughs) I mean, I am sensitive about certain things, but not certainly not if somebody tells Elsie how wonderful she is. I don't care. I tell her how wonderful she is all the time. Don't I? (laughs) Hey. Now you hey. got it into that. Now that little sound's going to be like. <laughs> That's funny though, right? I'm, I was right, wasn't I? That's a funny it's, one. It's a better sound than whatever John tried to play before because that was a total fail. That was. <laughs> yeah, that was like. It sounded like someone just swept across his desk with a broom was yeah. that first one. I don't know well, what that was, like, was. Now, when you it hear like, it, when you hear it. During the episode, it'll sound like thunder. Trust me. It probably didn't oh, sound okay, that way good. through Okay, the- Well, that's good to know. Okay, great. Like a crack of thunder, like the gods are, yeah, like, are uh, yeah, you fighting said- me? Yes. <laughs> I'm not lying. Thank you, Kelly. It was a joke. You don't have to do that, but thank you. But I, but my love language is words of praise. I'll just say that. <laughs> I think so is mine. I believe mine is as well. Yes, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But alas. 
That's our feedback. So if y'all, if you guys have any feedback on our show, feedback at shepodcast.com, we would love to continue the conversation with y'all on the show. And it's, it's, you know, get to know you a little bit more. You can send your audio feedback to like we did last week. So thank you so much. And uh, we will, and if we forgot your feedback, sorry. Because sometimes, again, closing the loop, closing the loop is a problem. And now, okay, now I think you need to tell me some news about Podchaser because yes. I never get the pull of these apps and stuff. All right. Now we do news. The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. Okay, so Podchaser has released some very, um, like a premium kind of thing happening with them now. And this is the problem that they are solving. This is a quote from Bradley Davis in their uh, press release. He said, with nearly 100,000 new podcasts being released each month on top of the massive number of existing shows. That is bonkers. The opportunities are overwhelming. Discovering, qualifying, and contacting these podcasts is the tough part. Requiring weight. Too many browser tabs, wild guesses, and headaches. Podchaser brings the whole process together in one place, saving you time and bringing more wins to clients. So they are actually going to offer a premium service where they would be able to kind of understand like a power score, which will give you those that are the most influential podcasts within niches where they can, um, and so this power score is directly related to the database that Podchaser kind of already has with a bunch of little 30 different data points, including audience size, social influence, and more. Then there are other opportunities. We're going to be able to vet podcast opportunities with audience reach, demographics, and more. They're going to be able to have contacts and planning tools to let you get right to work. So be able to like get it out to whoever it is that they need. And um, I'm not, this last part is more aimed towards obviously the advertiser and publicist and network where it says that Podchaser Pro elevates any podcast campaign. So advertising, publicists, networks, or PR firms, Podchaser Pro provides the insights and tools needed to efficiently navigate podcasting and unleash its full potential. Um, okay, so that's neat because I think that this is a, pro- a problem that does need to be solved. In fact, we have <laughs> this come up all the time. My so God. you you had a question for me and you said like I don't I can't keep some of these um apps or websites um you know understand Straight. what they actually do. Why Straight, they, yeah. I just but, don't know why they're different than any other. Yeah, and you know Podchaser has been something that from the get-go I really found interesting. Rob, my other co-host tends to be very dismissive about most things <laughs> that are podcaster related that do a little something different. And, you know, me as well. I have to say that there's a lot of things like Luminary or like the new Quake thing where it's like the subscription model type thing where I'm like, why are they doing this again? Like that doesn't resonate at all to me. But Podchaser, from the beginning, they did. Their whole thing was trying to create like an IMDB for podcasters. And I really saw the potential of that. The problem, which they are solving now very, very well through hard, hard, hard work, has been the database. So meaning 
the more podcasts they have in it, the better that they can build their service. But at first, it was like, why should you put your show in there, right? And part of it is also when people, the way to make all the connections is that you have to go to Podchaser and you have to claim your show. You have to claim um, interviews that you've been on. You have to claim... Um, you know, like there's lots of things that you have to manually add now because that database doesn't exist anywhere. Like in IMDb, I don't know how they get everybody's name in there. You know what I mean? Like the actors, the the, the director, the producer. I don't know. The, it's crazy. All of that stuff is pulled in. So if Podchaser had a place to pull all that information, it would be amazing. But now it's really up to us independently to go in there and fill out all the things. And Podchaser is not just for podcasters. It's not just for those of us that had podcasts, but it's also for those that are on other people's shows that are not podcasts or podcasters. So if you don't have a podcast, you can have a Podchaser page, which I think as a P- for marketing and PR purposes is awesome. Because yeah. if, you're an, if you're an author or if you're, you know, I don't know, whatever, you have another project, you're an artist, you can be on other people's shows and then have your own curated page inside of Podchaser that is where you've been. I love that. Yeah. Because sometimes I think about putting together a page where you and I have been featured and then I think... Other than Googling and like 40,000 things come up. So, and I mean, not that I've been featured 40,000 times, but you know, that's just the average amount of things that come up. Yeah. It's intimidating. So this would be so cool to be it able to. It is already there, Jess. It's actually, and you can have a feed. So you can actually curate a feed of all the shows that you've been on. Yeah. And then you can share that with somebody and say like, hey, you can get to know me, listen to all the shows I've been on. <laughs> and then it'll have all of that, not our show, but like. You know, when you've been a guest, which is awesome. Right. And the other thing that it's really great with is that you can also add your, the producer of the show, the audio engineer of the show. If you've done any voiceover work on the show, music that has been added to the show, like all of that are bits and pieces of what makes up a podcast. And so if you're looking for an audio producer and, or you're trying to vet somebody to work with, I guess ultimately the goal would be to be able to go into podcast like, oh, I'm talking to John and I want to see what other things he's done. And he can go inside a Podchaser and they can search for John's name. And then you see what, like the shows he's worked on as a producer, like that would come up. You can pick and you can have many different things. You could be a co-host, you could be a solo show, you could be a producer, you could be a musician, you could be all the things in there. Anyway, Given all of that stuff, all of this is free for the content producer. What they are now charging for is the, it's the culmination of now the date. Now they can actually sell the data, right? They can sell the algorithms that they've built and they can charge for that because it'll have, it'll vet things for you. If you want the top, I don't know, five shows about cooking that focus on children's food. Yeah. I don't know. You can get that. You can see what those shows are and you can do all the information is there, how to contact them, who they are, where they host their show, how to subscribe to the show, how to listen to a show. Everything is inside Podchaser. So I think it's great. It is great. I'm trying to log in, but I can't remember my friggin' password. Yeah, this is a problem. That's better last. Yeah. One password. Jessica Kufferman does not use one password. One password needs to be a sponsor of this show. 
uh, because we need to get one for Jess. I have it. It's twenty four dollars for the year. I, I hate mean, it. I really hate it. That's the best. So I don't understand it. Ugh, I love. I don't know how you can't love it, Jessica. I don't understand. Can't love it. My issue with Podchaser is that yeah. I have my name John Buchanan, and also my name John Jaminko now. Yeah. Right. Well, we can reach out to to the guys. Uh, Tell them. I will. Alias. Right. AKA. That's correct. Would be really cool. Something like that. But um. Anyway, thank you, Podchaser. You guys are all doing really, really good stuff. I think yeah, we're gonna have amazing. a. We're, we're gonna be doing a webinar for Lipson with them. They're gonna come and kind of talk through a lot of these things because I think it's like a little hidden gem that people don't really talk about. So. Anyway, the second thing that I've seen in the news, Jessica, what do you think about this? I am wondering why they're for sale. They were doing so well. Right? Really? You think? Wait, are you being sarcastic? I, I thought am. they were doing well. I they're not am. doing well. I mean, I know that there's been some scandal. No, not scandal. Is that what I you're mean, referring yes, scandal, to? But Do you realize no one knows what you're talking about? You haven't said this title. So then. Apple and Sony have both held talks to buy Wondery, the company Wondery, um, producer of Dirty John, Dr. Death, and it's setting the stage for the biggest deal yet in the podcasting market. Wondery is looking for 300 to $400 million in a possible sale. Apple and Sony are two of at least four companies that have discussed a deal. Spotify has been the most aggressive buyer of podcast companies. The Swedish audio giant decided not to bid on Wondering. So they have a monthly audience of more than 8 million people and 400 million would surpass what Spotify paid for Ringer and Gimlet and it would be bigger than what Sirius paid for Stitcher. So, yeah. It doesn't well, say why, but I mean, we know who the founder is and we know that they've been charged with bribing soccer officials when they worked for 20th century Fo- for 21st century fox but they that person has pleaded not guilty to all accusations but maybe it's hurting their stock do they have stock they're not a public tra- are they publicly traded i don't even know i don't think that they are um you know the first the first news about this and i think we might have covered it we lightly uh came out in uh september late September 2020, where they were for sale. So they essentially came out and they said, we are for sale. Um, and and in that respect, obviously, they probably started to make this known. And it's interesting because, you know, you always think like, oh, that company was acquired, right? Oh, oh my gosh, like VoxNest. You know how VoxNest was just bought um, yep. by, what was it? iHeart? iHeart. Right, yep. I heart uh, yep. media. They bought them, and everybody's oh my god! Like the first thought is like I can't. Oh my god! They bought the company, but the thing is, you these companies actually say I'm for sale. Like Voxnest has been for sale and has been looking for a buyer for a while. Wondery said, "Y'all, we're for sale. This is what we have." And then they approach, or they just start to send stuff out. Hey, hey, look, I'm for sale. Um, because you don't just approach companies and you just want to buy them if you don't know. <laughs> right. 
They but said they were for sale. sale. No, I get it. I get it. Right. But I think that part of it is this is what covered in Bloomberg, of course, because it's like they are saying that they were exploring strategic options, including a potential sale. Um, that it could be expected expected to haul at least two hundred million and could be as much as double that. And they said that they, you know, their their ad revenue was up by seventy five percent from last year, which is great. So I mean, I don't know, I don't know what to say about that other than the fact that I think that it's a little bit um, inflated, like anything else, right? Yeah. I think that maybe that 75 gro- 75% growth from last year in terms of revenue might be true, but what are the, like, what's the, how do you say it? What's the thing that they paid out? How are they staying in business kind of thing? Return on investment? Dividends? Whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, if it's like up 75%, but they're paying out 90% of their profit or like, what's oh. the profit? You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. they might Expenses be making more versus- money. It's like the million, you know, it's like the million dollar businesses. Oh my God, it's a million yeah. dollar business, but they're really like poor. <laughs> the founders yeah. are poor. Like Donald, you mean like the Donald who's like a billionaire who's like $400 million in debt, that kind yeah, of shit? Yeah, like that. Yeah, where yeah. It's like, okay, got it. There's obviously, so, so anyway, it doesn't. Like seeing all that money coming in, yeah, but are they in the actual black? Like, do they make a profit? I don't know. You know, speaking of podcasting being big business, I was putting together a sponsorship um, page in Notion that I can send to people individually for people who are interested in sponsorship. Like I would make, just make up like a little portal of suggestions and pricing, whatever. So one of the things I was using to organize the page was the NAB show sponsorship page because it's very simple they have similar advertising to what we have they have digital advertising they have show advertising they have exhibition they have you know whatever and then i started looking at their sponsorship deck which has a list of the exhibitors Uh and it's in tiny tiny print and it's five pages of scrolling just to see all the booths and I started having like a heart palpitation. I was like, can you imagine trying to organize a show of that size no. with hundreds and hundreds of exhibitors, making sure they have the right booth number, making sure they have electricity and tables and chairs. And I just started to sweat. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm up for this. And Scott was like, you're not the NAB show. You don't have to worry about it right now. You've got 25 booth spots. I know. Take a minute, would you? And I was like, I know, but is this what we're going for? Because I don't know if I want to be in charge of something like that. I don't know if I can be in charge yeah. of something like that. He was and like, you're not. Have, that's you're when not. You have, yeah, that's when you have a team, you know? Like, I mean, even yes. with, even with dealing movement. with podcast movement virtual, I mean, this was a, you know, it wasn't Dan. Who was no, I know. testing things Dan and making long... sure that the cameras were right and the thing was streaming. He had a team who was in charge just of that. Right. I know. He's so... long past having to deal with each sponsor and whether or not they get electricity. I know that. It's my second year. It's their eighth. I know. I get it. But like right. when I just I just, you know, I was using it for organizational purposes. I should have never looked at the exhibition, like the exhibitor yeah. list, because Oh my lord, hundred it's 
I mean, for those of you listening, the NAB show is not just like podcast movement or another. It's the National Association of Broadcasting. It's probably the biggest show that Las Vegas has. A hundred thousand people go to this show. Every hotel is sold out the week that it's happening. Like it's the biggest show I know of. And I was just using it to, you know, organize my sponsorship. And then when I was looking at it, I was like, (gasps) I just had like a fit. I had a fit in my head about it. So, yeah, I mean, but because I know the podcasting is growing, though, and I know that our show will get bigger. Of course, our show will get bigger. I know our show will be successful. And I mean, I already feel like out in the ether because we have 25 booth spots that that they're going to be a lot of annoyed sponsors that don't get a booth. They all want a booth. There's also this. I mean, we haven't actually discussed this, Jessica, but I actually have thoughts because at well, this moment, what are they? The thoughts are the fact that we actually don't know what the stipulations are for how many people will be allowed in something in a hotel. It's just That's the same true. way that you go to restaurants right now. And it's like we can have like I went to buy donuts the other day. There's five parties allowed at a time in there. The last time I talked to the hotel, they were very, very cocky and confident about the fact that nothing has changed there but that was like the week that right. the things started to go up and right. he acted like he was doing me a big favor by pushing it off for a year so like i don't know if they can only have like three people in there at a time you're right, right. I, you're a hundred percent right but and then and i'm in the same position i was in last year when will i know how can i sell it who do I, you know, like, wh- what am I selling exactly? I don't even know. You're right. Why did you tell me this, Elsie? Sorry. I mean, I I've just been looking. I've been looking at it from the perspective of g- gatherings that are now, because, again, you know, yes, we, we currently are in the process of shifting leadership in many different realms here in the United States. And as you know, there's obviously the country's leadership and then there's the local or state leadership and what they are saying is appropriate for gatherings and there are places that you simply cannot go to if there's more than x amount so if i'm thinking like if 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 this was me advising anybody that's doing a, a real life conference would be to instead of thinking like let's say podcast movement, they had, I think, 3,000 people or something last year. Please don't quote me on those numbers. I just kind of said that number aloud, but I don't know if that's true. But let's say we had 3,000 and their goal is to double that. Then I would actually say, no, no, no. Why don't you just scale it back and yeah. say you're going to have um, so we're at 750? Well, in the and sense that's of safety, I will say that unlike a high rise like the Marriott Marquis in Atlanta, this place is... Um, they're, stuff. they're like apartments. Yeah, they're sort of stacked one on top of another. And and a lot of the rooms are two level. You know, you walk into the family room and then you like go up and there's your bedroom. So um, and everyone has like a front door and you walk to the conference center and, you know, through the fresh air. And there's also meeting a lot of meeting places outside. I mean, there are ballrooms inside and the exhibition will be inside. But almost everything else is outside. So... Um, in that way, it's, I, I didn't even plan for that, but it does work out that way so that it's not like all thousand people are sharing germs in one hotel, like walking around in their socks and shit. It's separated. And if you think about running a hotel as well, it's, I'm sure that there's a process for them, whatever legalities they have to do, right? What's full capacity for the hotel? Like, what does that mean? 
I don't know how much of a percentage, obviously, for hotels you get, right? I'm assuming it's anything from like 30% to maybe 50%, depending on the conference, but they don't just give you the entire hotel because there's other people who are not part of the conference who are attending. So what is the percentage and how will they meet that? And that's also a different number. So I'm just thinking like scaling it back is possibly the best way to think about this. What if it, we can only get X amount of people that are good mm-hmm. or appropriate for this event for this year? And what will they get for that experience? That is not about numbers. Okay. All right. All right. I do think this, the people that I'm most worried about are the people that have a booth at everything like Libsyn and Blueberry and, you know, and Descript and stuff, because I don't know that they know how to get value out of a conference without exhibiting. Like, I don't know that they're prepared to like do a room drop effectively and have it like a room drop is something where like when the attendees go back to the room for the night, they're, they've been left a little present. Women love that. And that's the kind of thing that like I think other businesses could take advantage of. But I don't know if Libsyn and Blueberry could be like, you know, here's a pair of headphones. Like, what would they, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know that they, they're prepared to exhibit. They know how to do a booth. They have all the stuff for a booth. They know how to make use out of a booth and suck the juice out of a booth. And I don't know that they're prepared to do much else at a conference other than that, except teach, which is fine also. Do you know what I mean? Right. And I think that the, there are two key places where sponsorships, well, at least that I view, would get their money, their bang for their money, if you will, bang for the buck. Um, it would be in presenting and doing a, an actual session, right? Having s- s- like that. The second thing would be, e- even if I was just thinking like a walking booth, like a movable booth where it's not a like- sandwich this, board? No, in the sense that you could also meet people, like go meet yes. Lipson by the pool from 12 to 3 or something like that, or or like have even us or like they're on the right side of the pool. And yeah. then each one of the people that are there would have like two hours, Elsie, two hours, Rob Waltz, two hours, Rob Greenlee. And then people would be able to go meet us there. So again, because we wouldn't have to be helping thousands or hundreds of people, it would be a smaller amount. And mm-hmm. then we could have a little bit more one-on-one conversations with people versus the constant That's an interesting thing. idea. Because, and to be able to move and, and see, here's the thing. When I've been looking around to thinking about where we get the most interaction, b- both as a presenter and as somebody who gets to know who we are, it's in the in-between. And this is meaning in-between session, in-between, I'm leaving that thing going over there. Oh my God, look, so-and-so's in the here. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. To be able to have the regular interactions with people is so much more important. And being able to spread out a party across the outside and have this is a meet and greet of the sponsors. Yes, that's what I. And everybody like super spread out and walking around and talking in that respect, I think would be more appropriate. I don't think it's going to be like, because as you know, in terms of the coronavirus, whatever the heck, it's the fact that you have to be in a space where there is airflow happening masks need to be worn and amount of time so yeah the least amount of time in an enclosed space that people are talking the better so it's so hard change 
we're talking about a full year from now and it's we so are but alas we were like... talking about this in march i know i know and then it was closer and closer and closer and closer my I... thought is you prepare for the worst you prepare for the small like you do the smallest thing and then you expand out of that versus let's prepare for the big thing and then have to not do it it's also hard because people if they if it can go through if I prepare for the smallest and people are able to leave their houses and travel safely, I'm going to be very unprepared for the crowd we gather. Because, I mean, Chris Chris Cremiso seems to think that we're going to double, if not triple, what we had last year because people will be so tired of being in their houses. Yeah, but, but that's like what the, at, people and John are feeling. Is like, it's- Absolutely. Yeah, people are dying yeah. to get out. Yeah, but and I don't again, have. I, we're not. We're not prepared for that at all. I'm not prepared. No, for but that. there's guidelines, which is what I'm saying. There's the X factor of. Oh, you want to have three thousand people? Great, not here. <laughs> What's well, that? That's that that's aspect the problem. Of it, where you can't it's a do problem. it. Yeah, I mean that's like, part of the problem that that Chris had is that like he picked a hotel based on one number and then he way oversold that number. I mean, people just kept buying tickets and like the hotel couldn't handle it. I mean, I'm wor- I worry about that, too. I can't just be like, no, because people can still buy tickets and come and not stay there, but it will still make all the lines long. Starbucks, lunch, yep, you yep. know, parties, yep. whatever. Yep. All the things. Ay, ay, ay. So anyway, I, I anyway. just think that. Yeah. Sorry. And also, I why derailed this ha- like, big time. What I don't understand is like, why does it all have to be that one thing? Why can't it just start small and then. Have something closer to the date. Have something else in like March or April. Like be able to not do like the blah, but then like a smaller sort of like the way that the podcast movement did it. They split into two separate things. One of them is this type. One of them is another type. Because we can't. That and was again, meant to get more people. That was not meant to get less. Well, of course, it wasn't meant to get less. Of course, because they're making money. But what I'm fighting about, not fighting, but like resisting is that right now, um, quantity is not the appropriate choice. Uh, I'm not trying to deliver that. That's my point. How do I keep quality up while still preparing for quantity if that's what happens? I can't not prepare for it, and I can't say no because why can't we you say no? A, I have I a thought, contract like, with the hotel. No, how many people did they say you have to have? I mean, we owe them X amount of dollars, and it can right. either come and it ha- it should probably it needs to come from food and beverage, and it needs to come from hotel rooms, and it's six figures. Yeah, but so, but how, but when, the thing is, how are they going to do that if you can't, like, the bottom line here is that hotel also needs to recognize that if you now, Arizona or Tucson or Phoenix, has a stipulation Scott's that sale. you can only fill your hotel at 30%, how are they going to expect you to make X amount Ooh. of money when you can only send 30% of the hotel being full? That's a very good That's point. not your fault. Right. I mean, that's a very good point. You guys are opening a lot of loops here. Yes, we are. Sorry. We We do. We are opening a lot of loops. And we're going to have to close the loop because we've been going for a while. So, alas. Tell us how you would fix it, our friends that are listening. How would you fix 
this conundrum of being, of out. having, we, number one, there's the question of how would you handle a conference that was in real life? Number two, how would you handle if you have a contract signed that stipulates that you have to make X amount of money? You would, I would assume that there are solutions to both of those things. So if you have some, email feedback at shepodcast.com. And, dot com, and we can talk about that. Um, now that said, I think that we need, we do need to uh, close some loops here. And um, I just uh, want to give a shout out to uh, Queen's Gambit that I loved. I loved that Netflix series. It was amazing. It made me very happy. By the way, I love that show as well. It's such a good show. So good. It was so do good. You play, do you know how to play chess? I know how to play chess, but not to the point where they're like in G6 and jumping the thing and all the words in the map. Yeah, no. I don't compare those two. I just meant, do you know how the pieces work? Because like, yeah, I know. How like to do. Scott was just like, I feel like if I knew how to play chess, like it would be so different. I'm like, I know how to play chess. And it's not because it's the difference between being Paul Mitchell and knowing how to use a pair of scissors. Like you can't yeah. possibly you can't imagine no, no, no. what's going on in their head. Just because I can do this to my own bangs doesn't mean I'm a master hairstylist like they are. You are There's correct. No... And yes, yeah. I found joy in all the stuff. They could have not been playing chess. It could yeah. have been whatever in front of them and they could have just done the thing and I would have believed all the stuff. It was yeah. awesome. It was such a great, great Great show. Very wonderful characters. I'm trying to see if I can get the girls to watch that series. I think that's a really a great story for young adults, especially women, girls. It's a really yeah. interesting, like, it has a lot of really interesting, wonderful conversational points about interaction and relationships and support and culture and history, even though it's obviously made up. And obviously, there are things that are not true <laughs> mm-hmm. or didn't get the historical whatever right. But all in all, the conversations are great and solid. So if you have not watched it, it's really great time for, to, for you to invest. It's really in good. Yeah, show. we it's both liked show. it a lot. Well, that's about wraps it up for today's show of She Podcast. We did get a little derailed. We always you do. didn't miss anything important. So No, you did not. You really did not. So you said everything we meant to say and then some. So thank you guys so much for listening today. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at ShePodcast. You can also find our show notes from today's episode at ShePodcast.com. While you're there, you can check out ShePodcast Live and our Super Squad, the membership where we spend lots and lots of time educating you on how to achieve all the things you want to achieve with your podcast. What else? Oh, if you want to give us any feedback or anything like that, send feedback at ShePodcast.com. Other than that, we will see you next time. Love you. Mean it. Bye.